So we talked in, I think it was last week, how good it was to finally have football back. We were so thrilled, but it was like 90 degrees outside. And then you just pulled that up where it's like the temperature went from 90 to 55, like it's all state trooper. Uh, so we are live for episode three of LR Weekly. Uh, for those of you who are new, I'm Josh Russell. And I'm Christian Lemke. And uh, welcome to the pod. Um, man, you want to talk about a battle of attrition this last week in the NFL. Um, they, our episode this week is called Next Man Up. Um, strictly because for, I mean, I want to say almost half of the teams in the NFL, uh, it's Next Man Up. Uh, just serious injuries across the board uh, this last week in the NFL. So uh, we're back and better than ever. Um, it's a happy pod. Uh, we'll, we'll get to our rivalry roundtable uh, here in a little bit. Uh, but both of our teams, uh, I'm a Packer fan. Christian is a, a monster of the midway. Uh, we both won. We'll, we'll touch on those games a little bit. Um, so, I mean, do, do you think we just jump straight in to, to some of these? Quick recap again. There's going to be some games that we touch on a little bit more than others. Um, I... I think the first game that I, I really want to hit on, um, probably what everyone considered the game of the week on Sunday night. Um, looking back at our picks from last week, uh, I was the only one out of my brother, you. You guys both said the Chiefs were going to roll. Uh, I just had a little feeling. Now, did I necessarily think that the Ravens were going to make it as uh, heart-stoppingly entertaining as they did? No. Um but I, I think this Ravens team showed that they are a legitimate contender in the AFC. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I, I, one of my favorite football movies, Remember the Titans, uh, the point of this game that just broke the hearts of Kansas City. Hold on to that ball, PD! All he had to do was hold on to the ball. I mean, All Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had to do was hold on to the football. How do you? How many feet are in a mile? Five thousand two hundred and eighty feet. You pick this ball up and you run every one of them. You're killing me, Petey. You're killing me, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You're killing me. That that's a a situation that should not happen. And the thing about it was, Kansas City had a chance to get the ball back. They had all three timeouts. And give credit to Jarn Hob Harbaugh for looking Lamar and saying, "Wasn't that awesome, Lamar? You, you want to go, go for it? it? I love that. Yeah. And I think that that's just, I think Harbaugh gets Lamar. Yep. And, and I think that that it was just, it was a fantastic game. I think a couple of things jump out at me. One, Patrick Mahomes is superhuman. Yeah, he's. I there's just there's no other way to put it. 24, 31, 343 yards, three tutties. He did have the pick. But he just does things on a football field. Yeah, his pick was him falling halfway down to the ground. Correct. Trying to get rid of the football, which he knows that's not something um, he can do. He, he did it in the, in the Super Bowl because literally he had to. Um, but I, I think that, I mean, Lamar, 107 rushing yards. And I think that when you look at Lamar as a quarterback, he, he, if you just look at his quarterback numbers, 18 and 26, 239, a tutty and two picks. A lot of his struggles there were in the first half. 
You mm-hmm. saw in the second half, Lamar just started rolling. And then you combine that dual threat in the backfield with Lamar Jackson and Tyson Williams. I don't know how you stop that offense. Because, and I don't always enjoy listening to Chris Collinsworth, but I love listening to him break down, especially their last drive on that play at the goal line. So they run the QB read. Okay, well, that end has to sell on something. He either has to dive down to stop Tyson Williams going in, or you have to stay on the outside and stop Lamar. And what the Ravens were able to do in the second half was prove that the Chiefs could not stop either one of them. Every single time they ran the ball, it was three or four yards. It was just that ground and pound game that they had. I mean, if that's going to be the Ravens team, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. And, I mean, going forward in that situation is a no-brainer, I think. Giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with that is it's it's a no brainer from John Harbaugh. If you even I understand it's cool that he asked Lamar, but you go back and think about it. I'm not giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes, no, unless I have to. Correct. I'm go, fourth and one, and Kansas City showed no answer for that run game. Go for it, end the game right there and there, and they did. Give credit to Baltimore. Now they do we call them the real? Kings of the AFC right now? See, I, I don't know if you do that strictly because the road to the AFC is going to have to run through someone. I mean, right now it looks like it runs through um, Las Vegas, which no one thought that that would be the case. But I still think if you look, okay, if Baltimore, if that game is played in Kansas City, I don't think Baltimore wins that game. I think that, you know, we talked about it before week one, how great it was going to be to have fans back. And that atmosphere Sunday night, I think, was just incredible. So I'm not ready to uh, crown them, as Denny Green is one to right. say. But I do think that the gap between the Chiefs, the Bills, Raiders, Ravens is not as wide as what we, as what we thought. Yep. Uh, moving on, so we'll go from one of the last games to the, the first game of the week. In what was just a really sloppily played football game. Yeah. I, the, and I think we knew that going in. Like, you're not going to get the football team and the Giants and then all of a sudden have a some great sort of football game. Um, I mean, I think you look at Daniel Jones. Hey, he did not turn the ball over. Yeah, and hey, remember your brother said last week he's going to throw the like three interceptions. He didn't. He didn't. But, but um, Taylor Heineke really made – Every opportunity out of this game. I mean, he really went out there and played well. Um, this is the fifth straight season that the Giants have started 0-2. Imagine that. Like five. So they have not won an opening week game since 2015. They have not won one of their first games since 2015. And I think a huge disappointment for me in this one is Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And, and I mean, just... Okay, so if you look at the Giants' rushing yards, they had 163 in in the game, which on the surface you'd be like, wow, that's a pretty good rushing night. Yeah, well, Daniel Jones had 95 of them. Mm -hmm. That's a problem when Saquon is only getting 57 yards from scrimmage in a game. That is a massive, massive problem. Yeah, and I think as a uh, fantasy owner of Saquon Barkley, I would like to say figure it out, please. Um, But... Um, I think that he will, but I think Daniel Jones being a threat to run the football might open things up for Saquon. Um, but as of right now, I mean, the offsides play at the end of the game that um, 
cost. I mean, Hopkins missed the first kick. Off, jump off sides. Hopkins gets five yards. Ends up drilling the game winner. And, I mean, now you're looking at Washington and the Giants and the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's like uh, Cowboys are the clear favorite in that division now. And I don't really don't even think it's close. Yeah. Uh, staying on the East Coast and staying in the city of New York, uh, the, the Jets are just bad. I, I mean the the Jets and and I think it's interesting. I think if you look at you know one of our preseason takeaways was well let, let's talk about uh, you know these young quarterbacks. Can we call Will? Are we calling Zach Wilson a bust right now? I see. I I don't think we want to do that yet. But my goodness, you you look at the passing yards for the Jets. They had 184, and I mean sure. You know, they had 184 passing yards, but four picks. Oh, yeah. And you know that Bill Belichick was just grinning on the sidelines as he and Mac Jones, his quarterback, are, you know, managing the game perfectly and winning the football game. And he's just got his little Bill Belichick smirk on the sideline like, hey, you know, this is who you decided to pick. I got my guy. I'm happy. And I think – I. The honest truth of this is that it's not that New England was impressive with this. No, they weren't. I, they they only a, scored two touchdowns. Yeah, this is a, a perfectly managed Bill Belichick football game. And, and I think that this is what happens. You know, like we talked about back in our season preview, the problem with the Patriots last year was that Cam gave games away. And I think that if Mac Jones, like what we saw here, Mac wasn't great, 186 yards, no touchdowns. But more importantly, no interceptions. Right. And I think that when you have a Belichick system like this moving forward, as long as you have a guy who's not turning the ball over, you're going to be okay. Yep. Let's talk about people turning the ball over. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, if you want to talk about a bust, and I hate doing rookie year busts. Like, I hate doing rookie year busts. Because you go from, I mean, Trevor Lawrence played in the ACC. So you go from playing a team like Wake Forest, Boston College, to now playing against professional football teams. But 14 of 33, 118 yards, one touchdown and two picks. Ain't going to get it done. No, and I, I, think, I think there's panicking going on in Jacksonville right now. Because they're expecting... Him to come out with Urban Meyer to have, you know, it's not like he's throwing to random guys off the street. I mean, he has James Robinson, dynamic running back last year, proved that. I think the problem you look at, James Robinson was only targeted three times. Yeah, and again, he's on my fantasy football team. I think they need to work him into the office to offense more to help out Trevor Lawrence, to take a little pressure off him. But I think they're leaning on him way too much. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still meh about him. I'm just like, meh. Nothing spectacular. Um, I don't know. Well, and then a bad week for kickers across the NFL. Josh Lambeau, kicker for Jacksonville, he, he doesn't make a single thing. He he doesn't he he makes his PAT 
0-2 on field goals. So you combine this team in Jacksonville. Well, their special teams can't get it done. Their offense can't get it done. I don't care how good your defense is. When you got a team where your offense can't get it done, and then even when your offense kind of gets it done and gets them in scoring position, their kicker can't capitalize, you left six points on the field. Right. So then all of a sudden that should be a 23-19 game. Right. Which is much more do that, that that's a one possession game. Yep. I I don't know. I think like you said in our season preview, is there some we don't like Urban as a pro coach? Because there's a much different role between being a college coach where you're more of a mentor motivator and an NFL coach where you have to be a leader and you cannot coach the same way. And I don't know if Urban has been able to make that jump. Did you hear what he said to Vic Fangio in the pregame meeting? He said, this is like preparing for Alabama each week. Uh, buddy, I uh, hate to tell you this, um, There's Alabama's good, but these guys are professionals. You're right. not in college anymore. Stop Stop, Stop trying that. to compare it. Yep. Because really, then all you're doing to your team with that is really being like, okay, this guy's living in the past. Mm-hmm. His past isn't that impressive. I'm throwing that out there. I know all the Ohio State fans were uh, urban. It's not that impressive. Yeah. He Sure, he had a good run. He won with gimmick offenses down in Florida. Yeah. and So, I I don't know. A blowout of the week was the Bills-Dolphins. Um Kind of like what we said was going to happen, happened. Yeah. The Bills came out. The Bills were upset. The Bills just kind of took Miami and said, you're not on our level. I think you look, 143 yards rushing for the Bills. Impressive. Josh Allen, not really impressive, but, man, that Bills defense. Yep. And here's the question that I had on uh, Sunday sitting watching the game. Tua goes down, gets hurt. Now you turn to Jacoby Brissett. Now things in Houston get a little bit more interesting. I think now Miami's going, okay, I don't know if we can trust Tua to stay healthy. Do they cheer for Deshaun Watson? Do you just this is when you're like, okay, Deshaun, we're gonna we're gonna have to pay up Buttercup and we're just gonna have to say we don't care about what's going on with your lawful situation. We we need a quarterback, and they do they give up a lot for Deshaun? I, how how do you not even think about it right now if right. you're Miami? And I think you look. Jacoby has a history of not really being an adequate quarterback. Right. He he's a backup, and that's all he's supposed to be. I don't think he's supposed to be a starter. Bills look good. I think that was a get right game for the Bills. Um. So they move on at one and one. Uh, Niners Eagles. Again, I just kind of a bland game for me. Um, I, a lot of these this last week um, were just kind of like, meh. Okay. Yeah. Um, nothing really impressive here. Uh, again, sub uh, the amount of sub 200 yard passing games that we are seeing in the NFL this year is, is really quite surprising. Yeah, and but I look at this game and I and I think this is kind of a game. Where Garoppolo just went out there and said, "Listen, I'm I'm the guy right now, Trey Lance. I'm I, I understand he's not putting up amazing numbers, but his team's winning football games. He's the guy until anyone says otherwise. Philadelphia offense just can't put points on the board. Um, 
they did against the really, really bad Atlanta Falcons in week one. They turn around and play San Francisco, who's got a really good defense and only could muster 11 points. I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm still very unsure about Philadelphia, and I'm very unsure about Jalen Hurts. So, so here's the thing about the Eagles: they, they put together 341 yards of total offense. Jalen Hurts accounted for 270 of it. He 190 through the air, 82 yards on the ground. That can't happen. Right. He's. You can't have your court. I. Like you have to have other options there, and right now they just don't. But then again, when you turn around and you look at, okay, who's he throwing to? The thing is, you can only get Zach Ertz two targets. Yeah, You're looking at Devonta Smith, seven targets. They did not have a single wide receiver who was targeted more than seven times. So their problem is they don't have an identity right now. Yep. And until they get that identity... Unless you play in the Falcons, I think you're going to see an Eagles team that really, really struggles to find itself on an NFL football field. Uh, it, a game that was, a, I think, a lot closer than anyone really I would expected agree with that. Uh, was the Rams and Colts. What did I say last week? Where did I say? Put him in a bubble. Put him in a bubble. The guy didn't just get one sprained ankle. He has two. Have you ever in your life heard of a guy who sprains both of his ankles at one time? My dad. Okay. Well, that is a... How about that? that the second you went there, I'm like, Haha, my dad did it playing basketball. <laughs> However, think about how bad your offensive line has to be. Okay. So... We talked about how at the beginning of the season, before it even started, how excited I was and how you were excited to see what Wentz could do behind a really good offensive line. What what had happened? What happened? They are atrocious. Week one, atrocious against Seattle's front. Week two, atrocious. Which is understandable. The Rams have a really good defense. It's really hard to stop Aaron Donald. Period. But man, uh, if you were if you were a Colts fan, <coughs> Crystal, um, you're very, very nervous right now. Well, and I think you look. You, another thing that we touched on was that the Colts secondary was a liability. Well, Cooper Cup proved that. I mean, nine catches, 163 yards on only 11 targets. He's that guy. I mean, he. so you know, like we said, I think that the Rams are finding this identity because you look at the other side of the ball, or on the other side of the offense, Daryl Henderson, I, their rushing game isn't there yet. However, when you have a guy like Stafford, you have a guy like Cup, okay. I mean, you can be a little bit more one-dimensional, and that will cover up. A multitude of deficiencies. Uh, the Raiders and the Steelers. Uh, I think the Steelers, number one, I think they're a victim of injuries. I mean, if you go down the list for Baltimore or for Pittsburgh on who all they had injured, I, it is a significant list. And I think the first one you have to look at is when you lose TJ Watt. That, that's a huge loss for that defense. And I think that 
I I don't know. I feel like the Steelers are a team. They are not going to outscore teams. No. I don't think that offense is built to outscore people. No. And I Ben struggled. And then Deontay Johnson going down, you know, that last play of the game sent a lot of fear and panic through people. Um, but I mean, I look at this. Chase Claypool only had three receptions. Juju only had six. I they, 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 I kind of figured this out a little bit. Granted, 295 yards through the air isn't bad, but I, I think Pittsburgh is another one of those teams that's kind of looking for their identity right now. Yeah, but right now, biggest surprise for me in the NFL is the Raiders. I mean, you, when you go up and play Baltimore and win on Monday Night Football, first week of the season... Get that win. Now you go to Pittsburgh. Granted, I understand the injuries, but still, you have to go to Pittsburgh and you pull that off. Right now, the Raiders are a huge surprise in the AFC. And I think that they're going to be right there in the end of it. I really think that they're going to be a playoff football team. If they're going to continue to play this way... And Derek Carr can stay healthy. Darren Waller is a monster. He is their offense. Um, Josh Jacobs got a little banged up last week. Um, but man, Darren Waller. And you got Henry Ruggs III. Also a huge part of that offense. But uh, I, I'm i looking out for the Raiders here. And I think one thing that's interesting. You look, the two teams combined had under 95 yards of rushing. Combined, yeah. the Steelers had 39. 39 yards rushing was all that they had. That's not good. Like no. For those of you scoring at home, in your Captain Obvious Statements of the Week, a professional football team only having 39 yards rushing is not good. And then you look at the Raiders. The Raiders only had 52 yards rushing. But the Raiders had 382 yards through the air. So the Raiders have their identity. They're going to air it out. Yep. Just a West Coast style of Gruden. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to spread you out. Uh, the Steelers, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm worried now. Yeah. Because the Steelers, they beat the Bills. Everyone's riding high. And then they turn around with just kind of an egg. Um, let's talk about your football team. Okay. Are we going to wait for the round table to do this or – do you want to? We we can wait for the round table. Yeah, and then so that we'll, we'll jump down to Cleveland. Um, that this was, I feel like, a football game. You know, there's the stereotypical. Oh well, this was a tale of two halves. This football game was a tale of two halves. Yeah, it's fourteen fourteen going into halftime. Um, and really, I don't even know if you need to call it halftime. This was a tale of before Tyrod Taylor got hurt. And after Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Yeah, and granted, both quarterbacks got banged up. Uh, Baker threw that pick and then tried to make a tackle. And he fell awkwardly on his shoulder. He was able to come back in the game. But, um, yeah, Houston cannot withstand having David Mills as their starting quarterback. And I think the huge difference here for Cleveland is that, okay, Baker gets hurt. Now we're a running offense. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Who you can hand the ball off to. Whereas the Texans, it's Mark Ingram and David Johnson. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to take Cleveland. I feel like Cleveland, 
is built to withstand a little bit more than the Texans are because Tyrod was such an electric part of not just week one, but the early part of week two of the NFL. He goes down, and if this is going to be any sort of extended amount of time that Tyrod goes down, um, Houston's in trouble. Yeah, they're turning the ball over to David Mills, third-round pick from Stanford. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's getting an opportunity as a rookie to play on Thursday night football this week. It's We'll see how it goes, but uh, they're going up against uh, Carolina. I don't really know if he's going to be re- – I mean, this is a short week for him to get ready for a Thursday night game. Well, and I mean, you look – so you get done early 1 o'clock game against Cleveland. You finish off the first half there. They better have film ready for him on that plane ride home. Yeah. Because you got a recovery day Monday. You probably got helmet, shoulder pad, a light practice Tuesday, travel day Wednesday, playing Thursday. So you got a rookie quarterback with no real prep going into a Carolina team that, I mean, they they just smacked the Saints. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that Carolina defense really showed up well. Um, and I think... I touched on this a little bit, but everyone was harping on Jameis. Jameis, Jameis, Jameis after what he did against the Packers. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he only had about 140 yards worth of passing against Green Bay. It was something like it was like 158 or something like that. The thing is, he only had 40 yards less this week. He had 111 yards passing. The exact thing that we touched on in our weekly preview was that the Panthers were not going to beat themselves like the Packers beat themselves in week one. Right. And what had to happen was Jameis then had to lead a football team. Well, he had a 50% completion rate, 111 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. The thing that really jumps out at you about the Saints is that they had 48 yards rushing. Jameis Winston cannot be a one-dimensional quarterback. He is not a good enough quarterback so that if you don't have a threat in the run game, he cannot beat a team single-handedly. Yeah. He's not there. No one was saying he was there. And the Panthers forced the Saints to become one-dimensional. Sam Darnold, 305 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Christian McCafferty was Christian McCafferty. I mean, he had about 137 yards from scrimmage. I think the Panthers kind of showed that Hey, we're the only other team in this division who can challenge the Bucs. Yeah, CMC is electric on that offense. I think Sam Darnold is rejuvenated and ready to go. I mean, you you give him Christian McCaffrey. You give him um, a good offensive line. He puts up 305 yards. New Orleans struggles when Kamara doesn't show up. And now Jameis, it's like, oh boy, is this same old Jameis? And now you look at Carolina 2-0, Tampa 2-0. Can the Carolina Panthers challenge Tampa Bay, give them a little run for their money in the NFC? I, I don't think so. Uh, and and, I, and I, I, I'm just I'm saying it for the excitement. And, and I, they could. Yeah. I, they could. I, the problem that I have is that the Buccaneers – have looked consistently good. Their offense has looked... I don't know how you stop that Tampa Bay offense. No. I, I really don't. 
I mean, the weapons that Tom Brady is throwing to. I This is probably the best receiving core that Tom Brady has ever had. No, he was always thrown to a couple Walmart Super Center gar- Who grocery cart good. guys. Yeah. But now, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Gronk. Yeah. I mean, and then you combine it with a serviceable run game with Leonard Fournette and what might be a stout defense. I still I don't know if I'm sold on Tampa's defense. Giving up 25 to Atlanta isn't really a uh, confidence boost. I mean, really, Tampa was only up three points going into the fourth quarter. Right, and then they put up 20 spots. And then they put up 20. So I still... I mean, Tom Brady's line, 24 for 36, 276 yards and five touchdowns. And I mean, he loves Gronk in the red zone. How much he loves Gronk in the red zone has not changed since. Trust me, I know. I was playing against a guy in fantasy who had Brady and Gronk. I lost. It wasn't even close. I. That's not why I lost. But I. I mean, you look at this Tampa team. They haven't put it all together yet, and they're still. I mean, I think. I think Carolina can possibly give them a game. I don't know if Carolina can sustain for the whole year. And what Tampa has proven is they know how to sustain. Yeah. That's a huge worry of Carolina. Do you know how to sustain? Right. Jump I, the Vikings, man. Like <laughs> nobody right. cares about the Vikings. Oh, okay. I'm saying it. Nobody cares about the Vikings. The Vikings are going to come up in one of our other segments that I have. But ah, man. Ah. Talk about a shootout in the desert, though. Thirty-four to thirty-three. I mean, if you had the over in this game, you were good at half. Um, it was quite a game. Um, shout out to uh, Rondell Moore for getting his first NFL touchdown. Purdue, uh, Purdue wide receiver had a deep bomb from uh, Kyler Murray. And hey, hey, Josh, remember, remember, remember. I we're gonna actually the next thing we're gonna talk about is our surprises out west. The, the thing that just aggravates me about the Vikings, they are wasting Dalvin Cook. Oh my goodness! And wasting. And here's the thing, Dalvin Cook. Their kicking, their kicking game has been atrocious forever. Atrocious and, forever. And that's the, and that's what me. You know, it's just like Greg Joseph had that kick. Not only did he miss that kick, he also missed an extra point. Right. So I, you just look at this team. If I'm a Vikings fan. You have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen out as wideouts. You combine Dalvin Cook as a threat coming out of the backfield. You have Kirk Cousins who throws for 244 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and you still find a way to lose that football game. Yeah, they're... Like, what? The panic button in Minnesota has been pushed. Because the thing always was, like, this offense is going to be okay. The defense has to be able to stop people. Well... Uh, the Vikings defense is not good. Like let's let's establish that. Sure, Kyler Murray is an electric quarterback. Twenty nine of thirty six for four hundred yards is impressive. He gave you two picks, and the Vikings defense still could not find a way to win the game. The Vikings special teams still cannot find a way to win. Is there a team? And I know you guys had the double doink in the playoffs. 
But is there a team that has been haunted more by bad kickers than the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, it's, I would I would say probably not. And I just, if I'm a Vikings fan, what I'm asking now is, what else do we possibly have to deal with? Because it's just been two heartbreaking losses. Back to back. Back to back. Probably our surprise of the week has to be the Tennessee Titans. And I I would say that this is a, a game where it was it's about time that you go look as Ryan Tannehill looked behind him and said, wait a minute, I, I I have King Henry behind me. I could you're telling me all I have to do is say hut hut hike and take two steps and give that guy the ball and we'll win. Deal. And I think Derrick Henry only had 17 rushing attempts in week one. 17 rushing attempts in week one. To give you an idea, Ryan Tannehill had four rushing attempts yesterday or on Sunday. Now you double that for Derrick Henry. The thing we talked about this in the season preview was that Derrick Henry is not always going to break the huge runs that you see guys like Dalvin Cook breaking, that you see guys like Tyreek Hill when he runs some of those jet sweeps, Edwards Hilaire breaks. He's not going to break those runs. He's just not. But the thing about Derrick Henry is that he is a large man. He is very hard to bring down. You can't bring him down. And what that's going to do is it's going to wear a defense down. And what happens when you wear down a team defensively is now all of a sudden they have to make a decision. Because the Titans were very, very one-dimensional in week one. Just bad. Like They were one-dimensionally bad in week one. Because then, again, like we talked about in the season preview, if the Seahawks put six guys in the box, Tannehill would audible, turn, hand it to Derrick Henry, four or five yards. If they stack the box with eight, Tannehill, audible, throw a pass, Julio Jones, six receptions, 128 yards. This is what the Tennessee Titans are. It's what they have to be. And the only way they get to where they have to be is by giving the ball to the best running back in the NFL. I cannot for the life of me understand why the Tennessee Titans offensive coaching staff, because I don't want to just put something on the offensive coordinator because that's lazy. If I'm a running backs coach for the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry is only getting 17 touches a game, I'm throwing something at this offensive coordinator and at their head coach, Mike Vrabel, give Derrick Henry the ball. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You talk about it again. You give Derrick Henry the ball. Now you open up play action fakes. Next thing you know, deep bomb over to the middle to Julio Jones. Deep bomb over the middle to A.J. Brown. I mean, it opens up the entire playbook for the Tennessee Titans. Let's also add the fact that Derrick Henry was the second leading receiver for the Titans on Sunday with 55 yards. So now all of a sudden, Derrick Henry. Now, we're going to say that Derrick Henry is a dual threat. How do you stop him? Because you can't put him one-on-one with a linebacker coming out of the backfield. Nope. So it's unbelievable what this Titans offense can do simply by being intelligent, by giving the ball to the best player on the field. The best player on the field, nine times out of ten for the Tennessee Titans, will be on your team. His name is Derrick Henry. Give him the ball. Get out of his way. Tennessee was down 24 at the half. 
24, or sorry, not 24. They were down 24 to 9 at the half, 30 to 16 at the start of the fourth quarter. And they end up winning that football game. Huge win for Tennessee. Um, heartbreaking loss for Seattle, kind of. Russ, Russell Wilson's birds are going to be just fine. They will um, be. They're just going to be just, they're going to be fine. Uh, it was a rough loss to come in at home in Seattle with the 12th man, but a huge victory for Tennessee to get it in Seattle. Um, the Tennessee Titans are going to be rolling this week at home against Indianapolis. Cowboys Chargers. Um, I again, I, I I don't know what to feel about the Cowboys because I feel like they looked so good week one against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I feel like they looked so good. I felt like Dak was going really. I thought Dak was going throw for throw with Tom Brady, if not possibly outperforming Tom Brady a little bit. Um. I want to talk about the end of the game management there by Dallas. I'm not sure if you watched the game at all. It was on my second TV to the left on Sunday. Of your like 15 different TVs. Yes, that you it, actually, no, it was the main game on the big TV because it was on CBS. And um, the in game management at the end of that game was horrific. McCarthy was okay was sending Greg the leg out for a 56-yard field goal for the win. Now, I don't know if anybody watched the first game of the season. Greg the leg was was not not reliable. And they just kind of pits and puts along and was like... Wait, hold on. Are you saying that Mike McCarthy mismanaged a game? I know that's shocking to you. Wow! Never have I ever thought that. Um, Only wasting one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play. Anyways, keep going. But, um, yeah, it was really mismanaged. They had their timeouts. They didn't really use them. They were kind of like slowing the game down. They were just content with kicking a long field goal. And as a guy that hates to see long field goals go off uprights, I cannot say this enough. You got to get, you got to hand the ball off to Zeke, get a couple more yards there, throw an out route, get to the sideline, do something, but not just walk around to the to the line and take your time. There was no sense of urgency, so I'm like, well, this game's going to overtime. But give it up for Greg the leg. Put that 56-yarder down the right down the pipe. Uh, but don't count the Chargers out. Um, the Chargers played a really good football game at home. Uh, it didn't sound like a home game for the Chargers. No. Um, and I think that that's going to be a problem you have moving forward. I think that the Chargers fell in love with this idea of moving to L.A. Yeah, and I think that... It's going to be a hard ticket to a Rams game. And I think for a visiting team, it's going to be a real easy ticket for a Chargers game. And this game, it just... So if you look at the time... like The Cowboys had three possessions in the second half. It was a... They were long drives put together by both teams in the second half. And it's just one of those where you're like... Some at some point, McCarthy has to turn Dak loose, and I felt like Week One he did against Tampa, and I feel like you know McCarthy was like, oh well, we lost. Not all losses are created equal, and when you look at what that team did against Tampa in Week One, okay, you should lose to Tampa. Your team's not there, but there was nothing there that all of a sudden says we want to pull the reins back. On Dak in this offense. So, I... I mean, Dak only had four incompletions. Why are we all of a sudden trying to rein Dak in? I I don't... I'm a little frustrated with McCarthy. 
that that's nothing new for me. I mean, I'm just right. going to let that out. I mean, frustration with Mike McCarthy and mismanaging an offense has been something that I have lived with as a Packer fan really since we won the one Super Bowl back the 2010 season. Since then, McCarthy has just been a subpar offensive coach. And I think we're seeing, like, Sunday was a prime example of Mike McCarthy and a very, very ineffective play call that he had. Um, So that wraps up everything except for our rivalry roundtable games. Um, And before we recorded this, say we're recording this Wednesday night, uh, Justin Fields QB1. Yep. And and I want to say, so before they named Justin Fields QB1, Nagy, I think it was yesterday, he said that, oh, well, when Andy Dalton is healthy, Andy Dalton's our quarterback. I lost my mind. Here is the perfect storm that you get to put Justin Fields in as your QB1. And again, this is coming from a Packer fan. So, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the Chicago Bears as well as you do. I'll fully admit that. But for the love, Nagy, would you get out of your own way for one one instance? Get out of your own way. Don't come out after Justin Fields legitimately quarterbacked you to a win. I get they weren't great in the second half. I get that. But you have a young rookie quarterback who just won a game that... He easily could have lost. You praise your rookie quarterback. You don't go behind his back and say, oh, well, as soon as this other guy can come back, he's going to come back. You can do that. That's fine. Don't say it. My frustration with Matt Nagy from the outside is at an all-time high. Um, I would agree with that, and I I, I completely agree with the fact that this this is what I said, though. If you give Justin Fields the keys, which we're doing now, we're giving him the keys. If you take the keys back, what does that say? What kind of mental capacity is Justin Fields going to be in when you give him the keys? Say, all right. And what if, what if this week he pulls off a win in Cleveland and plays out of his mind? How can you take the keys back? You can't. You cannot. Even if he doesn't play amazing and he plays subpar and you're in the football game, how can you give the keys to Andy Dalton again? I just, to me, that's how you lose a locker room. That's how you lose the guys. And I think that that could be a huge mistake. But um, I'll touch on this when we get to our picks. I don't think the Bears have a chance this weekend. I just... I don't understand. Having coached in the past, you're a coach now. You praise your younger players. And I feel like Nagy, he hasn't praised Justin Fields one time. No. And and you said, and you hit it, you're going to lose the locker room. Yeah. And he's on the hot seat, and I think you see a little panicking in front of the Chicago media. The Chicago media is ruthless. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no nice way to put it. But Nagy's getting in his own way. Oh, yeah. There's and no doubt. Yes. The Chicago Bears defense won that game. 
Yeah, and for the Bears, and it's so nice to have the defense. I mean, what an atrocious Week One game on the defensive side of the ball. Um, to have three consecutive interceptions on three passes from Joe Burrow. Uh, one is a pick six from Roquan Smith. His first interception, his first touchdown, um, was pretty awesome. Um, it was great to see Eddie Jackson finally have a game. He was active. He had a uh, peanut punch that caused a fumble that really got the Bears going in the second half. Um, the Bears' defense is back. And if they could get Eddie Goldman back, man, that front's right, going to be hold sick. On, buddy. You're back against the Bengals. Okay, but here's the thing. The you're, Bengals you're were... You're back against the Bengals. Who also put up some points last week against the Vikings, who their defense isn't... Their defense is not great. The Vikings' defense got torched. Torched. I'm just saying. You you picked the Bengals last week, didn't you? Or was that Philip? No, I picked the Bears. Okay, so Philip picked the Bengals. But I'm just saying it was great to see the defense play well. The offensive line as much of a crap show as the offensive line is right now with all of our injuries they played well and now you're going to give Justin Fields an opportunity to play a full game and that's the thing he was preparing as he's been the scout team quarterback in practice to just throw him into a game as he he probably knows the opposing team's plays better than the Bears plays and now you're giving him a full week to prepare I, I think it's going to be an exciting thing to see on Sunday. Um, it was an exciting thing to see in week two. Um, see the defense play well. Montgomery's a stud. Um, fields threw some good balls that were just dropped. Um, it, it'll be an exciting thing to see on Sunday. I unloaded on the Bears. I don't. I just what worries me is that the defense looked suspect at times. The defense looks great at times until they are consistent. I can't take them seriously. We'll see. I think this this week will be a very good measuring. Stick I, I think a hundred percent. I think when we come back next week, we'll have a much better idea at who the Bears are. Yeah, because now you do have Justin Fields for a full week. You have a defense that's healthier than they've been in a while. What do they have? So that moves us to the Packers. Um, my take on Green Bay is not going to be what a lot of people think it should be. So I'll let. What were your takeaways Monday night? Detroit Lions are awful. I, I they are agree. so bad. It's time to bring the paper bags back out in Detroit. <laughs> they are atrocious on the defensive side of the ball. I mean. Literally, it, it was like, I don't think they had, would they sack, how many times they sack Rodgers? Not many. Not many. How many yards? And, the, many, and that offensive line for the Packers is suspect. I Yeah, and Detroit couldn't put any pressure on Rodgers. They had two. Okay, two sacks. They had no pressure on Rodgers. Any pass that went in the air, you knew they were beat. Their secondary, their one... Uh, their number one draft pick, and I forget who their number one draft pick is that's out now, um, but he's hurt. He's a corner. He's hurt. Um, then the guy that their number two pulls up with a hammy covering Devontae. 
Now they're on their number three corner, and it's just, it's bad. Detroit is bad. I don't care if your coach wants to eat an arm off or whatever it is. The guy's a nut. Um, I picked the Lions just because I thought maybe, possibly, Jared Goff could. And in the first half, he did. He managed that game very well. Um, Detroit went in the half with a lead, and it was kind of like, huh? Okay. Yeah, I, let's let's see what happens. So if you go back to when we did our picks last week, I said I think Green Bay is going to be a little less bad than Detroit, and really I think that's what it was. I mean, I the Green Bay Packers secondary. I cannot touch on this enough. Might be the worst secondary. In the history of the National Football League. If you cannot control the Detroit Lions. You got problems. I'm still not sold that Aaron is all in. Sure, he had four touchdowns. He, I just... I, I don't know. I'm not sold yet. And to me, the thing that really worries me is what they have coming this next week. We'll touch on that in our picks. I, I, I'm I, not sold. I mean, I think that, okay, you beat a very, very bad team. I don't think that this was truly an 18-point football game. I think the, I mean, the first half, like you said, Packers are losing at halftime. So I think it was just in the second half, Started to rain a little bit. Aaron Rodgers got rolling. Lambeau crowd got into it. The Lions stopped picking on Kevin King. Which, if you are a defense playing against the Green Bay Packers, just pick on Kevin King all day. All week. All night. All day. The next week, you pick on Kevin King. You're going to get... Kevin King is Chris Conti. Is what I will say. man. Kevin King is probably worse than Chris Conti. If the Green Bay Packers defense gives up a big play, I will say this at every single instance, every single opportunity I have, Kevin King has gotten beat in some way. Their secondary has no communication. If you look, they're constantly throwing their hands up at each other. Jair Alexander is supposed to be a leader on that secondary. He is not. Granted, the Packers did not have Zadarius Smith which really hurt their pass rush. I mean, if you watch that game, there were some instances where Jared Goff had 15 seconds seemingly to throw the football. Yeah, The Packers had no pass rush in that first half. They got home a little bit in the second half, which is where I think the game started to turn. That first half, Jared Goff could have walked to Sheboygan, Wisconsin and back and still not have been touched by the Packers' front line. So, number one, the Packers got to figure out their defense. And that front seven for their defense has to start getting home a little bit. And I do not think that this 35-17 scoreline really tells the whole story. Again, I think the Packers were the better of two bad teams. Sounds good to me. 
I mean, you'll love it. I mean, yeah, I am right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that the Packers are a good football team. Now, the the thing is, is that if the Packers go out and they beat the 49ers, which I do not think they're going to, I think if this is within single digits, it'll be an accomplishment for the Packers. But if you go out and you somehow beat the 49ers, you're sitting at two and one, which is probably where everyone thought you would be after three games anyways. Because most people would have thought that they would lose in San Francisco. So you're sitting at two and one. Still in first place in the division. Possibly alone in first place in the division, depending upon what the Bears do against Cleveland. Then all of a sudden you can roll. But I, I just as a Packer fan, I have no confidence at all from what I saw on Monday night. So we have a few surprises that we touched on briefly. And they're both out west. They're the Arizona Cardinals and they're the who? The Raiders. Every single time. Like, just, again, I'm... It's going to be a ringtone. It's going to be a ringtone. So, Arizona might be one of the most fun teams to watch in football. Oh, yeah. And now, I almost... And I was, you know, wanting to touch on this... Kyler Murray, MVP talk now. And I know I said uh, Jameis Winston after week one, but um, that was just because the media was really rolled. But, I mean, 400 yards in the air. He is an electric player. He is fun to watch. I think it would be interesting to see how many teams Kyler Murray outgained in the air alone. And then if you combine that with his 31 yards on the ground... I, he probably outgained most of the teams on Sunday. Um, I do want to see. I again, I think that if you take the Titans' offense that played the second half against Seattle, and you put them in a complete game against Arizona, I think that that could be a very, very different ball game. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because I think you know one of the things that Arizona really, really benefited on was the fact that the Titans couldn't hold on to the ball in week one. And that Titan defense was on the field a ton. So, again, I'm not quite ready to jump to conclusions saying that this Cardinal team is ready to challenge the Rams. I'm not there yet. But, man, is Kyler Murray fun to watch play football. Yep. The other surprise, Oakland. Nah. Las Vegas. I'm going to keep saying Oakland. I mean, my goodness. I mean, but Vegas. I mean, John Gruden's got him playing some football. I mean, old Chucky boy, yep. going back to those early 2000 Tampa Bay Buccaneer days. I, it's really kind of funny how similar his teams are. Oh, no doubt. A subpar quarterback with a really good defense that can win you a football game. I And, I mean, that's – granted, you don't have Warren Sapp on the Raiders. But – I mean, in the AFC West right now, the Chiefs look vulnerable. Yep. I'm not saying that the the Chiefs look vulnerable. Again, as we said earlier, I think that the gap between you going into the season, we said, okay, it's the Chiefs, it's the Bills. There's a big gap, and then you have kind of like these second tier teams with. Um, with Oakland, with um, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, 
I don't think that gap is as wide as we once thought it was. And I... If you were sitting here and I told you that the Las Vegas Raiders and Denver Broncos would be sitting atop, tied at the AFC West, and the Chiefs and Chargers would be tied for last place in the AFC West, I think we'd all say, yeah, okay. Right. And again, this is two weeks in. Right. And I think you look... At, okay, the Chiefs had to go on the road to play Baltimore. Baltimore went to Las Vegas. So, like, yeah, that, that could be a difference. But, man, the Raiders are no I, – I, I, I don't know. Like, I want to say, like, oh, yeah, well, the Raiders are contenders. It's week two that we're saying this after. Like, we are one-ninth of the way through the NFL season. Right. And so, yes, it's easy to say – Sit here and say, like, oh, wow, the Raiders are for it. For two games, the Raiders have looked very, very good. Does that continue? Who, who knows? But yep. I mean, for week two, my goodness, yep. the Raiders are playing good football, are so fun to watch. And, yeah. and that's the thing, they're fun to watch. I mean, Derek Carr can stretch people through the air for. Or not, Kyler had 400 yards. But Derek Carr can stretch people through the air. He had 382 yards. So you look at Kyler Murray in Arizona, 400 yards. Derek Carr with 382. Probably the two best quarterback performances of the week. And then you combine that with that defense that the Raiders are throwing out. Yeah. Ruggs had a good game through the air. Uh, Waller, again, Derek Carr loves... Darren Waller. And how can you not? Yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, now we got to start talking about them. And if you're talking next week, now the Raiders have won again. Now they're 3-0. and It's no longer a, could this team be good? It's a, this team might be the real deal. And I cannot wait for the Chiefs-Raiders matchup. Yeah. I'm excited for the Bears to go to Las Vegas, too. I think that'll be a good... They're going to get murdered by 150. Mm, I don't know about that, but we'll see. They're going to get murdered by 150. So before we get to our picks, uh, our fan favorite section, you had... One one job. job. Who's your one job for the week? Uh, My one job would be the Minnesota Vikings kicker, Greg Joseph Lee. Again, we touched this... um, Vikings fans seeing Blair Walsh miss that easy kick in the playoffs in 2016 against the Seattle. It was no more than like an extra point. Yeah, and shanking that, it was left. That was at Minnesota University. That was when correct. That's when they were building the stadium. Yeah, and um, so um, Minnesota Vikings kicker Greg Joseph, uh, the ball's supposed to go between the two yellow things. Uh, It's that's how it's, it's it's supposed to work, um, but Greg Joseph, you had one, one job. job. I have another one. Can I do another oh, one? Oh, let's do two. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, my other one is um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's on my fantasy team, by the way. Um, that would be someone that had one job at the end of the football game. There's a reason the Chiefs picked you in the first round you're an electric running back with great speed and you're all supposed to understand situations in the situation at the end of that football game the Chiefs are not asking you to break tackles and get 30, 30 yards 15 yards they're asking you to stay up as long as you can 
But holding on to that football as tight as you can. As soon as you let that go, Ravens get the football. Chiefs don't see it again. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you had one job. Mine, well, I, you stole He's going to be the Minnesota kicker. Oh, I apologize. We're, we're not going to take the easy way out. We don't take the easy way out here. When you're up in a game, the one thing your coaches are going to yell, watch the ball. Watch the ball. When you have a team like the Washington football team that are 30-plus yards away from their own end zone with a suspect kicking game, you cannot jump off sides. Dexter Lawrence, you had one one job, and you failed. And much like Shakira's hips, our picks don't lie. I uh, Christian with our picks not lying, buddy boy. What do you have to say for yourself? You know, I'm uh, I bounced back from week one, but it wasn't good enough to beat a guy that hasn't watched a game of football in a while. So I don't know. I how- think that's hilarious. Like he has no allegiance to football at all. All he does is watch his basketball, and he comes on and he's like. I'm going to beat at least one of you. And he did. Yeah, he beat me by one pick. And I went on a very, very big limb picking the Lions on Monday night. Came back to bite me. Um, Well, not only did you go on a limb picking the Lions, you went on a limb picking the Eagles. Yeah. Um, You picked the Eagles over the 49. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And that was – but that wasn't a – a blowout game. That was one touchdown game. So again, I am, you know, I'm 18 and 14 now. I'm, you know, we're on the upswing. We're now we're looking to really dominate, have a great week. Three. I mean, again, though, 500 is where your football team has lived your entire life minus like two years. So as a Bears <laughs> fan, you think 500 is good. That's fine. Um, I went 13 and three last week. Um, again, lost the Seahawks, but I mean, all of us lost the Seahawks. I mean, no one saw, you know, like we talked about earlier, no one saw what the Titans did come. No one at all. But, no. hey, when you remember you have a king in the backfield, good things happen. Um, we both lost our locks. P. Russ got his lock right. So I went 13-3. and three. P. Russ went 11-5. and five. Christian went 10-6. and six. Uh, On the year, I am 24-8. and eight. Christian, you are 18-14. and 14. And just I want to keep the humiliation train running for you. Because I love you so much. I just want to keep embarrassing you. Great. So last week, our guest picker um, was a guy who does not watch football. Yeah. And he beat you. Yeah. The week one, I just beat you outright. Right. Last week, a guy who doesn't watch football beat you. So what better way to just fully drive this home than to have on your wife as our guest picker this week? Uh, to, to to beat you yeah. well, at Pick'em. And the thing is, is she's currently, uh, me and my buddies do a Pick'em League, and uh, we let her in this year, and um, she's winning that right now. Um, I have uh, nine correct because we have to pick five locks a week, uh, and then one upset pick with the spread after being uh, the – they have to be getting at least six points or more, and uh, she is two for two on her upset picks. And you get two points for those. She's got 11. I got nine. 
Um, so she, and this isn't like, you know, P. Russ didn't know his football. Um, Crystal's required to watch at least, I don't know, nine games a week, 10 games a week. Um, so she's no fool when it comes to football. She understands. So this should be exciting. So what I'm hearing is much like the Super Bowl, the Colts are beating the Bears. Oh, uh, not, not, not this year. Not this year. So anyways, Crystal, how are you? It's great to have you on. I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> like, I hope you don't mind me just absolutely abusing your husband right now. Um, but I mean, yep, I think he needs it. Absolutely. He does. So we'll just hop straight right in uh, to our picks here. Uh, I would like to add one thing. if oh, I may. Absolutely. Yes, please do. So this whole pick them thing that these guys do, I, I want to add that I added or I added myself to this. I think it was literally 20 minutes before the very first game. Is that right, Christian? Yeah, it was. It was like yeah. 1140 and she's like, can I get in on this? And yeah. she's still yeah. beating me. Yeah, for sure. And the guy who, one of Christian's friends who is and knows everything about football, I think he has four points. Yeah. Right. Joe does. Yeah. So we're just calling yeah. out Joe right now. Yeah. Right? Right Joe, now. Joe has four. So, so Chris, so you're just dominating everyone, which is fantastic. Um, I mean, I think there needs to be some sort of like friendly wager here. Like if Crystal beats Christian, Christian has to take a picture in a Colts jersey and change his profile picture on Twitter to that for a week. Oh boy. Oh yes, he won't do it. <laughs> he won't. He won't. But but I think we should. So let's just hop right into these uh, Panthers Texans. I think this game takes on a whole different look now that Tyrod Taylor is. I mean, we're all suspecting Tyrod Taylor's out yeah. for the foreseeable future. Uh, the Texans were a dynamite offense week one. And then still with him in the ballgame week two, uh, without Tyrod Taylor in the game, I don't think this is even anywhere close to a ball game. I got Carolina rolling easily on this. Um, I'm, I also am rolling with Carolina in this game. Um, they, you know, they played pretty well with Tyrod in the game against Cleveland last week. They really stuck around. Then he gets hurt, and it kind of all changes from there. Um, Carolina handedly. All right, first guest pick for Crystal, who you got? I am also going with the Carolina Panthers, and uh-huh. I had that written down, so I am not just copying the boys. <laughs> there we go. Oh, <laughs> and now that brings us to our first homer pick of the week. <laughs> the Chicago Bears, QB1, Justin Fields, going up against the uh, established Cleveland Browns. Uh, the, the, the Bears do not have a chance this week. They, they do not have – any chance at beating the Browns. Justin Fields will have at least two picks, probably closer to three. Uh, the Bears defense that, you, like I'll touch on in our rivalry roundtable, is old. They're decrepit. They cannot stop a shadow. Cleveland will put up at least 35 and roll easily over the Bears. Wow. All right. Um, didn't see that coming. Um, I think with Javaris Landry out, um, Odell is looking like he might play this week. Um, th- their defense is a little banged up. Baker got banged up last week. Um, Bears are actually staying pretty healthy right now. Um, I kind of like the excitement at Hallis Hall this week. Everybody's really excited with Justin Fields um, leading the huddle. 
And I think with a full week of practice, Justin Fields is going to go into his homes, his, his college, his university, O-H-I-O. He's going to Cleveland. Ohio State fans are going to support him. They're going to back him. Bears by four. Interesting. Uh, so this is probably going to come off as a huge surprise. Part, partly might be to save my marriage, but I actually am also going with the Chicago Bears. I am having them winning with a field goal. If I uh, did my research correctly as well, um, I think the defense that they're going up against is one um, they sack a lot, right? Sack their quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I don't think Justin Fields is, is going to take that, and I think he got all those jitters out and he's ready to roll. Okay. Colts, Titans. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this. Last Can I go week. first? No. Why? <laughs> no. We have to talk about the game. Like, he's so excited. He's like, no, my, my wife just picked my team, and now I'm going to say that her team's going to No, they, listen. <laughs> like, here, here's the thing, okay? So, we talked about, I mean, really for the last two weeks, that the whole Colts season rode on the idea of Carson Wentz staying healthy. That lasted two weeks. It literally lasted less than two weeks. Um, And Tennessee, like we said earlier in this segment, like we talked about in our weekend review, they, they, I don't know what happened, but they remembered that they have one of the best running backs ever in their backfield. They, They remember that, which is, I mean, that changes the game. Tennessee at home, the Colts. I mean, I think they might be pulling a dude off of like, target night shift janitorial duty to be their quarterback. Now I don't even know who the Colts backup quarterback. I don't. The Jacob Titans, okay. Exactly. My point uh, Titans by <laughs> at least 14. Okay. So um, my wife has listened to this um, podcast a lot. And my, uh, my phrase is by a billion. And um, this is one game that I get to say Titans by a billion. The Colts stand no chance. First road game. They don't even have QB one playing. It's Jacob Eason. They, they, their only chance is if they get ahead by running the football, you know, Jonathan Taylor is, is the guy. Uh, He's a great running back to have. He's good catching passes out of the backfield, but I'm telling you right now, the Colts' defense isn't good enough to win them football games by themselves. Um, Titans by a billion. Mind you, she just said to save my marriage, I'm going to yeah, take well, the Bears. And Christian's like, forget my marriage. I don't care. The Colts are trying. <laughs> Crystal, who, who – I mean, I'm sorry that, that you're a Colts fan. I mean, really, I am. I'm sorry you're a Colts fan. Um, so, are you I mean, thinking- in your defense, I could be a Bears fan. You could be, and at least you've seen your team win a Super Bowl in your lifetime. Um, so are you are you going to go with a homer pick, or are you going to go with a logical pick? That That is the question that's in front of you right now. I'm going to keep it short and simple and probably showing my stupidity, but I'm going Colts by three. I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Just like these colors don't run. That's I love right. that. Uh, Falcons, Giants, um, Atlanta, I think, is probably the worst team in the NFL. Giants. Yeah, I and something I touched on earlier in the show. Um, 
I think Falcons are in sell mode right now. I think that they're it's time to start rebuilding Giants. I'm gonna go with the Falcons. Oh, really? <laughs> I am. Hey, I mean, your husband had the bold pick last week with the Eagles. You got a bold pick this week with the Falcons. Uh, Chargers, Chiefs. Um, one thing you don't do is you don't poke the bear. And I think the Ravens poked the Chiefs bear uh, a little bit last week. Um, I don't think that Justin Herbert has really lived up to the hype from last year. Um, Chiefs, easily. Yeah. yeah, I think Chiefs at home, huge opportunity for Patrick Mahomes to bounce back. Um, and I, I don't see how they don't roll in this game. I think that leave no doubt, Chiefs. I have to agree. He has some making up to do. He lost me a five-team parlay last week. <laughs> Just needed the Chiefs to win. He is not losing this game. Kansas City Chiefs. Bengals and Steelers. I, this is an interesting one. So uh, my principal <laughs> school I work at, huge Steelers fan. And so we always have like a Monday check-in on on our NFL teams. Mine was a Tuesday check-in. Um, and he and I were talking that just, I mean, the injuries that have already hit the Steelers. I mean, they're just, they're depleted constantly. The nice thing for them this week is they're going up against a team that I think at least it hasn't lived up to what I thought that they would be this year so far in the Bengals. Um, I, I, this will be a very low scoring game. I think if you're looking at, at, you know, throwing this game on a parlay, it's definitely the under um, for this one. I don't think you have two really stout offenses here, um, but I am going to take Pittsburgh at home on this one. Um, I think that Big Ben's a little banged up, and I think that the Steelers are are a legit football team this year, but if Big Ben can't stay healthy, we're, the Steelers are in trouble, but he's playing Sunday. Um if Joe Burrow can not throw three interceptions and three throws, they might be in the game, but I don't see it. Steelers by at least 10. Again, if I did my research correctly, because I don't, you know, live, breathe football like you gentlemen, I don't think the Bengals have won at the Steelers since 2015. I'm going with the Steelers. Ravens, Lions. The Lions looked bad in that second half against Green Bay. The Ravens are probably riding about as high as any team in football after their comeback win over the Chiefs on Sunday night. Um, I don't think that this Lions defense has any answer for the Ravens. Really, I want to call it a triple threat because what Lamar proved Sunday night is Lamar can throw now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lamar can throw, Lamar can run. They also have different backs that they can run to. They can run jets with those wide receivers. I don't think that the Lions defense that really – the Lions defense proved that they have problems with dual threats out of the backfield with Aaron Jones on Monday night. I think you have several dual threats in that backfield for Baltimore. I think Baltimore rolls easily in Motown. Yeah, I, the Lions are – are struggling on the defensive side of the ball. They're really depleted at the cornerback position. 
Um, if there's a game that Lamar can let it fly, it's this one. I mean, this would be the game to get his confidence really rolling in the passing game. Uh, Ravens by a billion. Ravens. I didn't even have to look anything up for that one. Saints, Patriots. Ah, we were talking earlier. Uh, the Superdome caught fire today. Um, the, the Saints are kind of a mess. We touched on it earlier in the show. I touched on it after week one. Jameis, I think there was all that, oh, Jameis, possible MVP. Okay, run that back. Again, that was a hot take after he threw for five touchdowns, only 100 and something yards against the Packers. But it was like, oh, Jameis, this is finally got – no, no, calm it down. Uh, Patri- I, th- again, though, I think this is a good game because I don't think the Patriots are necessarily there. But I think Saints on the road in New England – think this could be a weekend that Daniel uh, – Daniel Jones. Mac Jones finally puts it all together. Uh, Patriots probably by about a field goal. Um, I'm going to take the Saints. I think the Saints p- bounce back this week. Um, I think it's probably good that they're playing on the road this week so <laughs> that the dumpster fire doesn't go into the dumpster fire technically. Um, I do feel bad for them. I mean, with the hurricane and not being able to play at home, now you got a fire. Who knows what's going on there? Um but if, if they get those defensive guys back that were on the COVID list, I think that they respond very well this week. Um, I, hope, I, I would hope that Jameis is going to put together a little bit of a better game. Can't be worse. Saints. I'm Chris, also yeah. going to go with the Saints. All right. <clears throat> get that. So at least you guys will have, like, the same rooting interest on Sunday. Right. Um, I, I think these next uh, – Four games, I don't really even think we need too much discussion. Uh, Cardinals, Jaguars, Cardinals. 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 Uh, football team in Bills. 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 Jets, Broncos. Uh, I'm, I, I want to touch on the Jets again. Zach Wilson. Bad. 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 Broncos. <laughs> I uh my niece, as Crystal would tell you, when she says bad, she says bah. Bah. That's that's Zach Wilson right now. This is pretty boy, isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah. uh he looks like he's about nine years old. Um yeah. Uh Broncos. I also have the Broncos. Their defense has uh only allowed 13 points in both games, both first games. And I think Pretty Boy's going to choke. Dolphins, Raiders. Um, again, you want to talk about a team that really hasn't lived up. Uh, Dolphins. I mean, obviously you have some injury issues that they're dealing with. Uh, but, man, the Raiders. What a surprise. The Raiders. I mean, they are a stout football team. I mean, they've beaten the Steelers and they've beaten the Ravens. I mean, two impressive wins. Um, I'm taking the Raiders, especially at home, Raiders quite easily. I'm going to take the Raiders. I love when you do that. Like, I want to get that for a ringtone on my phone. So, like, whenever you text me, all it just is is the Raiders. I'm sure that won't get me in trouble in school at all. (laughs) Uh, Mrs. Lemke, who are you taking, Dolphins or Raiders? I'm actually going to take the Dolphins here. Um, I am a huge Jacoby Brissett fan. 
Um, is he starting? Is he playing? He's starting. He's the starting quarterback this week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think he's going to come out guns a blazing. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I do want to throw this out there. Like the thing that your two teams have in common over the last like five years is just like mediocre quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Colts literally had a quarterback who like just walked off the field. <laughs> He's just like, I'm done now. Like, was it like the last preseason game? And he just like walked off the field and retired. Yeah. Like, I don't know, whatever that was. Um, our next game, Seahawks Vikings. I uh, said it in week one. I said it in week two. I'm going to say it now in week three. Nobody cares about the Vikings. Seahawks. These are Russell Wilson's birds, baby. Ah, you beat me to it. Ah, can you, do you really think I'm not going to say that? Uh, these are <laughs> Russell Wilson's birds. Um, they're, I understand they're going to Minnesota. Skull. Skull. Lose by 30 Stupid Seahawks. Shit. So you're taking the Seahawks to beat the Vikings by 30. I'm hoping. That's, okay. That's a hope. Um, I, I really think it's going to be a close game. Seahawks. Well, if it's a close game, just throw the Vikings kicker out there. And I mean, you know. <laughs> all right, Crystal. I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well. Uh, probably the game of the week. Yes. Uh, which should be the Sunday night game. Again, I don't know why they put the Packers on Sunday night. Uh, Bucks and Rams, I think this is a very interesting matchup. I will say that the Rams have not been as dominant as I thought they would be. Um, the Rams have struggled I think probably a little bit more so on the defensive side of the ball than I thought they would. Um, and I don't think that Matthew Stafford gets, I, I'll just, the wide open passes that he's had. Um, I think that Bucks defense is going to present a huge challenge for the Rams. Um, I think this is a statement game for the Bucs. Um, go on the road to probably their toughest competition in the NFC. Um, I think Bucks pull off a, 10-point convincing road win for TB12 in the Bucs. Um, I think this could be an NFC championship matchup. Um, I think this these are sitting right now could be the two best teams in the NFC. Um, I'm taking the Rams at home. Um, I think that the Rams defense poises issues for an, uh, you know, an older Tom Brady that's not going to be able to get outside the pocket. Aaron Donald's going to be feasting um, just like he was last week on poor Mr. Wentz. Um, I I like the Rams at home. I want to preface this with, I am a former TB 12 hater as a Colts fan. And I soon realized it was just because of how dang good he is. And I'm, I won't even, I don't even have any shame in saying it. I love Tom Brady. Absolutely love the guy. Um, I have TB12 with a heart down on my notes. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because we don't have to face him anymore. I'm going the Bucks. She's intelligent. Wow. I mean, she married you, so I don't know how intelligent <laughs> she actually is. Um, all right, Packers Niners. Um, I'll let you. I mean, I kind of roasted your team a little bit more in this. Um, I. I think San Francisco is where the Packers go to die. You know, like I, I mean, it really, I mean, last year we went to San Francisco, but there was no crowd there or anything like that. 
It's okay, um, Josh. We both picked our own teams. You can pick them. It's, no, it's okay. I, I don't think that the Packers win this at all. Um, I said it week two. I touched on it earlier. I think the Packers were the better of two bad teams on Monday night. I don't – this Packers secondary might be the worst secondary in the history of the National Football League. Kevin King is an absolute disaster. I mean, I don't – if there's a big play that the Packers have given up, there's a pretty good chance Kevin King had something to do with it. I mean, every single deep play, Kevin King is getting burned. I think the 49ers exposed the Packers' defense even more so than the Lions already did. Quite honestly, I don't even think this game is close. I think the Packers are looking at another 20-plus point defeat on Sunday night. Um, but, again, that was expected. So I'm taking the 49ers probably by at least 14 points. I can't. I'm I'm taking the Packers. I, I think they, they're rolling after – I understand what? that they're playing Here, the Here's what he's doing. He's picking the Packers because his picks are so bad that whatever he actually <laughs> picks, usually the exact opposite happens. No, I'm picking them because, you know. Mm, that makes sense. They're they're rolling. I mean, Aaron Jones, four touchdowns. Devontae Adams had over 100 yards receiving, no touchdowns. Robert Tanyan is one of the most underrated tight ends in the game. If Aaron Rodgers isn't incompetent, this is a good football team. But the other side of the ball is a different story. I don't think the 49ers offense is that stout that they're going to put up as many points as Green Bay will um, go in Green Bay. I'm ashamed. I'm going 49ers. Once again, at least she. Anyways, all right. uh, (laughs) Last game of the night uh, will be played in Jerry World on Monday night. Um, Talk about a horrible Monday night game. I feel like I guess to give the the Eagles fans an excuse like, hey, we have to watch the Eagles again (laughs) because it's the only thing that's on. The Eagles are bad. The Eagles are very bad. The Cowboys are good. I have no qualms in saying that now. I think the Cowboys are good. I think the Eagles are bad. When you have a bad team playing a good team, the good team wins the Cowboys. Um, can I just say, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, that the Cowboys running backs are, you know, everyone's like, man, what about Zeke? What about Zeke? Uh, Pollard had a great game. Yes, he did. On Sunday afternoon. Um, those two, Dak back, CD Lamb, look out, Cowboys. So you're not going to see fly. Eagles. No, I'm not. Like you did. Sorry, Jason. Um, idiot. Yeah, more like die Eagles. Die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Mrs. Lemke, your last pick them for the week. Where is this game taking place? Jerry World down in Dallas. All right, then I'm going to have to say Cowboys. Deep in the heart of Texas and our locks for the week. Uh, so again, if you're new to the pod, new friend of the pod, uh, we pick one game a week uh, that deals with the spread in the game. So I think this week, like you look at a couple of games that I, who, if I'm really thinking that this is all that the teams are getting, I think that the uh, people in, in, Odds making land are not being very intelligent this week. I think they are wanting people to make some money. 
Um, I look at Seattle, only a point and a half favorite. What? Are you kidding me? I look at Dallas as only a four-point favorite. Are you kidding me? But the only lock of the week is going to take place in what I grew up calling the Adelphia Coliseum in Nashville, Tennessee, right off of I-40 in Nashville. Titans at minus five and a half. I do not think the Colts would even get to five and a half points. <laughs> Give me the Titans minus five and a half. Tighten up. Derrick Henry might run for 250 yards. It's not even going to be close. Whoever the Jacob Gleason, Eason, whatever, he's <laughs> going to try. Like, it's just not going to work. The Colts are a dumpster fire of a football team. Sell the team. Titans, lock them, not even close. Uh, my lock is um, something that I, I just don't understand why they're only a four-point favorite at home against a team that just lost their starting quarterback. The Raiders, lock them, sock them. Mr. Gruden, put them in your pocket, baby. Chucky. All right, Mrs. Lemke. All right, I wasn't prepared for this, so I honestly don't even know who I am picking for this. So this is really going off a limb here. So you're looking at these uh, spreads? Yes. And you're saying, like, okay, there's no way this team's losing. Uh, Essentially, yes. Okay. So if I had to pick one saying they're winning no matter what, it's not even close. Yes. Right? Okay. Mm, I'm going to go Chiefs. Okay. Can I do that? Absolutely. Locking in the Kansas City football Chiefs. Yeah, he he lost me a couple hundred dollars last week, so they're not losing. So, Patty Mahomes, (laughs) assuming he's a friend of the pod, um, you lost (laughs) Mrs. Lemke some money. So, uh, do us a favor and uh, fill in that lock. So that will Venmo do it. at Crystal Dash. <laughs> <Venmo>. <laughs> now just shamelessly throwing the Venmo out there too. So uh, that will do it for week three on LR Weekly. Uh, we greatly appreciate definitely the better half of the Limpke household. Uh, Crystal for jumping on here. Um, and, and I have no qualms at saying that you are going to beat your husband. And then uh, I just, you know, let, let's all say a, a silent prayer for what I'm going to say to Christian uh, next time we get on here uh, when he now goes to 0-3 on the week. So uh, for us here at LR Weekly, enjoy the football.